We are still chugging away on our Resident Evil train. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Uh, last week, we, we watched... We watched the movie. We watched Resident Evil Vendetta, the latest that was a Resident Evil CG film. And now we're going to take it back to the beginning of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Where it all began. Where it all began. Sort of. At a mansion. In the raccoon forest. In Jill Sandwiches. <laughs> Albert Wesker doing his hair. Doing his hair yeah. with sunglasses on all the time. Of course, it's, you have to be a cool yeah. person. You just know what you got to do. Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of of the seasonal anime checkup OVA. I almost said the wrong name. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is episode number one hundred and fourteen. I'm Jared, joined as always by Ann Lady and Doc Al. Hello. And this podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. So. We kind of talked about this last week, but uh, we've been on a Resident Evil kick, so that means we watched that movie, and we've also been playing some games, some mm-hmm. remade games. Mm-hmm. We've been playing uh, the first two Resident Evil games in their remake form, so we're going to talk about those. Uh, we're going to talk about the first game today. Uh, we will talk about Resident Evil 2 Remake sometime in the future. Sometime in the future. Uh, but we still have to get through some routes. Yeah. Resident Evil. Evil, excuse me. <clears throat> Resident <laughs> Evil. I do miss that. Can't believe they Although, made that second game and then did not put that in there. Like that's the, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. You know how they should have an alternate though. Hmm. <laughs> they should have an alternate where instead of like the deep, intense voice, there's like Resident Evil! Resident Evil! <laughs> Resident Evil! God. People are like, what? <laughs> it's like, alright. <laughs> and then you get eaten by a zombie. They're like, okay! Wow, I wasn't expecting that because of the entire voiceover there. So Resident <sighs> Evil, or as it is referred to in Japan by the infinitely cooler name. Yeah, much cooler. Biohazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been released a bajillion times. <laughs> Probably close to 10,000. Uh, originally released on the PlayStation in Japan on March 22nd, 1996. In North America on March 30th, 1996. And in PAL regions on August 1st, 1996. Uh, it was then released as a director's cut. Well, some of these are a little bit out of order, but you, we'll get there. Uh, the director's mm-hmm. cut came out in Japan on September 25th, 1997. North America, September 30th, 1997. And PAL on December 10th, 1997. And then oh, there was also the director's cut DualShock version. <laughs> which was released in Japan on August 6th, 1998. And in North America on September 14th, 1998. Uh, there was also a PC version. Released in Japan on December 6, 1996, in PAL regions on September 17, 1997, and in North America on September 30, 1997. Uh, the Sega Saturn version came out in Japan on July 25, 1997, the North America regions on August 31, 1997, and in PAL on October 1, 1997, and then on the DS in Japan on January 19, 2006, my birthday, North America, February 7, 2006, and PAL on March 30, 2006. But also, (laughs) it was remade on the GameCube, and that was released on 
in Japan on March 22nd, 2002, North America, April 30th, 2002, and Europe on September 13th, 2002, later re-released on the Wii on J in Japan on December 25th, 2008, what better way to spend Christmas, uh, North America, June 23rd, 2009, and Europe, June 26th, 2009, and then on Windows, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One, Japan, November 27th, 2014, and then worldwide on January 20th, 2015, and then is eventually coming to the Nintendo Switch sometime this year. Yay! Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this game's been around the block. No kidding. It's it's seen a lot of iterations. It's basically been out on everything except like the the generation between PlayStation and PlayStation Three. Well, I guess the GameCube, but it didn't go to the yeah. the PS2 or Xbox. So it's been everywhere. Uh so yeah. Resident Evil. Let's let's talk about it. Directed by, of course, famed Capcom director Shinji Mikami. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, most notably known for his producing role in the Ace Attorney series, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like the the interesting things about this game are that like you know it's so rooted as like this. Well, it's Resident Evil in general is so rooted as like a horror franchise, but like mm -hmm. Resident Evil One is not super duper of much of like a horror game. Instead of like, it's an adventure game with horror trappings, which I think is the way I was describing it to you. Yeah, and honestly, as much as people like will not admit it, I think that's what the entire series is. Yeah, which um, which has been like, interesting watching you play through the RE2 remake and seeing like kind of well, I would assume more so like for the original game this would be it would be way more in line, but for like this remake like you you still see some of those trappings, but like mo it's mostly kind of gone war into like rootin' shootin'. Uh but I mean if you think about it, you you still have like all these weird puzzles. That you you, you totally do, yeah. And um, so that's what I mean by the mm -hmm. series is that, like, yes, it does have <clears throat> these survival horror moments, if you will. Um, but at the same time, like, you're really just solving puzzles and, like, finding ways to open doors and totally. That's really all Resident Evil is. Totally. And that's fine. I like it. <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of puzzle games. So this is, like, puzzle games where things are also trying to eat my face. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Mm -hmm. Um... I think as well, though, there, the 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 history of how this game came about is very intriguing. Because uh, if it wasn't for the director of Puyan, we would not have Resident <laughs> Evil. Wild. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, this is uh, Tokuro Fujiwara. He also would uh, later do one of... A very cult game on the NES that never came out of here, a, a horror game called Sweet Home, uh, widely kind of seen Alabama? as like no, just called Sweet Home. <laughs> it's a, it's a film adaptation or game adaptation of a film, but uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a very kind of like popular survival horror game that came out only on the Famicom, uh, and basically uh, he directed that, and then initially it was like, well, I want kind of I want to remake this game, but like better and let's do it on the super famicom so he tabs shinji mikami and then basically this leads into becoming resident evil where they were originally going to make it on the super famicom and then it was going to be a first person game on the playstation and then becomes what it is now on the on the playstation a few years later 
That's a crazy history. It's a very crazy history. Also, just the idea of the director of Puyan is responsible yeah, also, for Resident Evil being created. <laughs> that's also really crazy. Uh, but Sweet Home is also like really, really cool in its own way. It's it's very much you you kind of if you look at it and you know like the history of it or how it basically it kind of parlays into Resident Evil. Like it's very much like a puzzle horror game. Hmm. So. Like it, it makes a lot of sense that like that is kind of like the uh, the groundings of this franchise. But then, of course, like we said, like it basically it got made a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. And uh, just oh, man, there's so much to talk about with this game. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Where do we even start? That's a great friggin' question. Uh. I guess one thing that we could say is that we we just for uh, I guess nostalgia's sake went back and watched the original intro of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Wow, <sighs> those dogs. Let's let's hear let's, let's listen to what Wikipedia has to say about this. Okay. About the live action portion, the live action full motion video sequences, which was the introduction of Resident Evil, like we, we were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Still, I believe they should have just made the game FMV or done one of the remakes <laughs> as FMV with all that stuff. Uh, the sequences were filmed in Japan with a cast of American actors. All Japanese releases contained English voice acting with Japanese captions and text. However, Japanese voice performances were also recorded but were left unused as Mikami found the quality of the performance inadequate. <laughs> However, lead, pro- <laughs> lead programmer Yasuhiro Anpo later said that due to all the development staff being Japanese, they were unaware of the poor localization that apparently hindered the realism and immersion for the, of the title for the international release, which was one of the reasons for the redub in, 2000, in the 2002 remake. Wow. <laughs> I love that he's like, no, this Japanese acting's terrible. Let's go with English. Like, I've always kind of wondered if there's, like, the sub and dub fan, like fights that happen here. Like, if that happens in Japan. And, like, this guy is basically I that. I think those do, honestly. I assume that they do, but... Because I, I think it happens, like... I, at least I've heard it more happening for, like, shows going from, like, America to Japan. Yeah. So for, like, stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that stuff still happens over there. But, like, you know how there's always the whole thing where people are, like, you know, um, it, it's got to be, like, the pure thing, and it's got to be in the language it was in, and then you have the counter of that of, like, you act, you don't actually know if they're doing a good job acting, but they yeah. don't understand what they're saying. They're like, and that's literally happened, what happened sure. here. Yeah. That's literally what happened here. He's like, yeah, I don't understand it, but it sounds great. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> of course, the story behind those FMV sequences isn't finished. Oh boy! Because uh, for the the re- the re-release uh, called Director's Cut, uh, they were marketed as having featuring the original uncensored footage from the Japanese releases. However, the FMV sequences were still censored, <laughs> and Capcom wow. claimed the omission was the result of a localization mistake made by directors. The uncensored intro was made later offered as a free download from their website. The French and German PAL versions of Director's Cut do feature the uncensored intro FMV in color, though they lack the uncensored Kenneth death scene. Although the PC version of Resident Evil was not billed as the Director's Cut version of the game, it is the only version of Resident Evil that has all of the uncensored FMVs, which includes the uncensored introduction, Kenneth's death scene in its entirety, and the ending as well. So if you want all of the all of the goodies from that FMV stuff, uh, apparently the PC version is the original, original PC version is the way to go, which... I have no idea how you would even play that today. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't think they... S- I'm pretty sure they don't sell it. Like, the only one they sell is the remake. So, 
but of course you can probably find all that stuff on on YouTube. We'll get back to a bunch of the other different versions of this game <laughs> later on in this episode. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about our two friends, Beefy Chris Redfield, who's a rookie. I don't know if he's a rookie. He's just a young boy. Yeah, he's not he's really a, young a rookie. Boy. He's just and, he's uh, a young youngin. And Jill Valentine, who becomes Jill Sandwich. Jill Sandwich, and also she's the master of lock picking. She's the master of unlocking. You got our, our good pal Barry, who's just there a lot. Uh, Wesker is doing his hair <laughs> all the time. Rebecca makes her debut. I mean, they all make Yay, their debut. But she's here, and then Brad's on the radio the entire time, like, "Hey, hello, someone, please help." And they're like, oh, this radio's broken. It's broken. Um, which I will say though, after rewatching the uh, the FMV, like they did a pretty good job with Barry. Yeah, it's it's it is is pretty much how you would expect Barry to look. Yeah, like if Barry were a real person, he would be that guy. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I'm pretty impressed by that. Everybody else, I'm like, what? Except Wesker doing his hair. Wesker doing his hair that looks really f- fake. Uh, and Chris just looks like somebody farted the whole time. <laughs> they gave whoever they whoever Jill's voice act, or actress was, they just gave her like the baggiest of clothes and big hat. Big hat. And it's some like, like weird doing? shoulder pads because she has shoulder pads on the model. Yeah. But yeah, Chris's actor always just looks like somebody farted. Chris has, like, Redfield. <laughs> weird look on his face like something smells horrible which i mean like if your friends are dying then yeah maybe that does smell horrible but he was even doing that face before anybody is dead <laughs> uh but uh you you go to a mansion and you have to investigate it because a bunch of weird stuff's happening and there's zombies you got to shoot them and you get separated from half your team and you got to find them eventually uh-huh. and there's there's Real jerks of monsters everywhere. Yeah, like hunters hanging mm-hmm. around that are like weird lizard people. You have zombos all over the place. Doggos. Yep. Doggos. You have crimson zombos. Which I guess that was just that was for the remake. If yeah. Wikipedia was telling me right, yeah. Because like, oh, we made this too easy by letting you carry defensive and these special items, so we got to make these zombies come back. It's like, whoa, slow your roll. Um, there's the weird chimeras that are like bugs. And he's like, yeah. Bleh. And then Bleh. there's like spiders and sharks. Man. No bueno. Um, I remember like 90% of the remake. I'm like, yeah, you know, you have to do like this kind of thing. And then you do this kind of thing. You go this way. And then like. The part with the sharks, I have zero memory of it. There's nothing I can tell you what to do there. I'm like, nope. I I got nothing. I don't remember. I have such a crippling fear of sharks mm-hmm. that I don't even know how I got through it. I've somehow gotten through it, but like that the one shark like beating against the glass is just like no, 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 no. <laughs> And so, like, both routes that you had to deal with the sharks, I'm just like, I I can't help you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you some things, but I'm not looking at the screen, basically. Yeah. I I 
It was awful. The first um, time through was rough for you. The second time through it was, was really, a little less because like we kind of knew what was coming, so it was we could easily more easily prepare. But yeah, that first time through was you were just like you were done. <laughs> yeah, I could. I didn't remember it was there because I I must have blocked it. Mm -hmm. And then we got there. I'm just like, oh god, what do I do? And so I was trying to figure out like how to direct you. And you're like, okay, I need to know what to do. I'm like, I. Well, it was also like you like panicking and also Discord just being like, well, let's let you hear like one word out of, of five. So, yeah, so it was it was great. It was real great. <laughs> so once we got to Chris's route, I was at least like, OK, I'm going to cover the screen and I will walk you through it without looking. Mm -hmm. But um, and also like I remembered kind of like what to do. So it wasn't like it helped a bit. Yeah. But yeah. The first time I was like, nope, 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 but it's nope, so nope, nope, weird. Nope how memory works and then i'm like yeah this is familiar i know this and then like that entire section's just gone yeah like memory's wild i mean it makes sense yeah i mean it's like a trauma thing i, I have a huge fear of them so i mean it, it makes sense that my brain would shut it down but uh between them putting like some of our biggest fears in there it's evil it's legit evil to put really spiders is. and sharks in the same game it's like what the f it's so evil. Zombies are already scary enough. Why do we need spiders and also sharks? We don't even need spiders or sharks. We need none of that. Because no. everything is already, like, going to eat our faces as it is. Or just stare at the wall. Yeah. Man, that one zombie was real into that wallpaper. <laughs> there's, like, okay, so, like, there's a section of the mansion where, like, it's just kind of an open area. And, like, there's, like, three zombies kind of just milling about if you leave them be. And every time I went through there, there was just one zombie in the back, just staring straight at the wall, not moving, just not staring moving. at the wall. And every time I came through, he's like, up oh, there, he's still staring at the wall, up, oh, still staring at the yep. wall, still, still, staring, still at wall. staring at that wall. He's really infatuated with that wall. <laughs> it was great, though, because you didn't have to really deal with him. He was just like, yeah, he was he was he had his mind set on something. Yeah, it was that wall. <laughs> it was that wall. He's like, I don't care about anything else. I, I got this wall in front of me. We'll talk about it more when we talk about two, but there's another one of those guys in two mm -hmm. that I kept running into that I'm like, it, it, you're just like, leave him. He's fine. <laughs> so every once in a while, we'll just encounter a zombie that's just, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to eat your face. He doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to stare at the wall. Yep. Oh, it's like power to him, man. He knows what he likes. Let's talk about the gameplay of this thing. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, like I said, like it, the gameplay is really way more. This is an adventure game, and you have to have that mindset for it. Like, and I think that's mm -hmm. kind of one of the things. Like, I just even knowing about this series for so long, it was just one of the things I really didn't have a grasp for until really sitting down and playing it. Uh, it was just like how much of this is like this is this is a traditional adventure game from the 90s like this is yeah. the way this game is made um which I, th I i think that's probably the most interesting thing about this game because like i said earlier this i feel like a lot of this entire series as a whole gets a wrap of just like you know it's a horror franchise so it's a spooky game and that's what you think of it is and a lot of people kind of i think more think of these games in the way that they evolved to post four and that they're kind of more actiony games when, mm -hmm. like, you know, this isn't, 2 isn't, 
like the original version of two more. Right. Uh, Three wasn't either. Yeah. Like there are more adventure games with, you know, horror elements attached to them. And I guess that was just like the big surprise for me was just like how much of this game was an adventure game compared to what I was really anticipating coming into it. That being said, <laughs> I don't know how much of it has really aged that well. <laughs> you mean you don't love inventory management? Oh, God. The inventory in this game sucks. It's real inventory bad. The original Resident Evil is really, really real terrible. Real bad. Especially when like they, they make it harder on Chris's route by just like, what if we gave you two less inventory spaces for no discernible reason? And you're just like, why? <laughs> what if Chris had smaller pockets instead He's of Jill? He's beefy. He's so beefy. Which, you know, we have to talk about the fact that that is a really good addition that they have like regular Chris, but then the version that we played also had beefy Chris. Which I guess that like, would have to be like an addition to the, um, like the, those, the PS3 uh, 360 PS4 Xbox One versions. Yeah. Because that curse wouldn't have existed by the time the GameCube he, version came out. Yeah, he didn't exist when the GameCube version came out because this is a post or a five. Yeah. Um, like after five. Which, so, yeah, yeah that's, five. A, that's an interesting like an addition to this because you would figure mostly it would just be like, hey, we're uprising everything and that's kind of all we're going to do to this. Which, I mean, they didn't uprise those cutscenes. <laughs> Let's be real. No. Those cutscenes are not. very blurry. Very blurry. Oh my god, they're terrible. But uh, like, it's it's Ooh. cool that they like kind of add like a little like thing like that. We're like, oh well, we have these modern versions of Chris and Jill in here. If you want to play as them, yeah. Which is, I do want to play as Beefy Chris Redfield. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. Uh, even though like every once in a while, cutscenes are like, by the way, this is just like original. Yeah. Young skinny Chris, and we're like, no, he's beefy. Very beefy. beefy. So that, that was like um, that was a fun little fun little thing, but the tragic part about that is that when we changed Chris's outfit, we also changed Rebecca's outfit. Oh right, yeah, that was. I don't know why they did that. I don't know, but that was bad. I wonder if we had played as modern Jill, if they would have changed like Barry's outfit. Oh, what would Barry have been dressed as? He has the same outfit. It's <laughs> the same outfit as Rebecca. Rebecca. He's just in she hot pants on, like... and like southwestern attire it was so weird i don't know what like why that's rebecca's outfit it's a good question take care chris <laughs> we've been saying that to each other for like at least a week and a half now because it's so good it's so good because rebecca anytime you go into the the original safe room after you save um god what's his name patrick is that his name? Uh, anyway. One of the dudes. Yawn's favorite snack. Um, <laughs> uh, every time you go into the safe room, then she will like offer to heal your wounds. And then as you're leaving, she'll grab your hand. And she's like, take care, Chris. And then she'll just like stare dead eyed into the corner. Of the or room. if you're like me, you can just continue to go up to her and just be like and have her just say, take care, Chris, over and over and over, over, and, and, over, over, and, over and over and over again. It was great. I think you probably did it once like 15 times. I did. Uh, yawn. 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 A giant snake named Yawn, which thankfully <laughs> I played this and it it, it it lined up perfectly for when I uh, hosted the Naruto rewatch on Crunchyroll. So I got to insert a Yawn reference into that. 
<laughs> a Yawn reference on 2019. Which is like totally what everyone is expecting. God, a, I mean, probably nobody was yawn. expecting the um, the bucket hat reference either. Um, <laughs> Read the Crunchyroll uh, Naruto rewatches so you can see what dumb thing I'm going to reference next. It really shows that um, my my weird like pop culture references are just rubbing off on you. I mean, to be fair, I would make that New Radicals reference regardless if I knew you because I own a New Radicals CD. Right. Any, anybody should make a New Radicals joke if they see a bucket hat, period. That's true. That's just how it is. You got to get what you give. Um, He's got the music in you. You got the music in you. <laughs> Take care, Chris. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's a giant snake named Yawn. Um, I forgot the the spider's name because it's not as funny. It doesn't care because it's a spider. I mean, you did get to like set it on fire, so that was kind of cool. But and then I was like, I gotta uh, go run. I'm scared. Uh, but yeah, the 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 giant snake named Yawn, and then like the shark, the big shark, is named Neptune, and he sucks. God, I hate sharks. The only good boss in this game is Yawn. Yawn is the only good boss. And Yawn's hilarious because he's like, every once in a while, I'll try and like juke you. He's like, hey, I came this way. Dead. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, but he, but he's so slow. <laughs> you just like run around him. He's like, but I'm coming to get you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. Just give me a second. I'll be right there. Oh, you're going this way? Crap. I got to turn around. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Yawn's hilarious, and like oh. both of the the boss fights with him are the same way. That it's just like him chasing you in a circle. <laughs> the best part was when I did it the second time as a uh, Chris, and it's just like, oh, you just need to get that mask and go. So I just like ran around him, grabbed the mask, ran out. <laughs> that was yep. it. Yawn's like, hey, I wanted to hang out. <laughs> Poor Yawn. Poor he Yon. just wanted a friend. And then I killed him twice. You killed him twice. And he killed, well, he tried to kill our friend. He didn't actually succeed in killing our friend. Uh, the shark did that. It's true. And then we got his assault shotgun. Uh, Not the sharks. The, that, would the be, guy. that would be terrifying. <laughs> Ugh, sharks with assault shotguns? No thanks. Uh, I feel like, you know, the story is kind of cut and dry because, like, there's... There's not a lot to it because a no, lot of this is just not. like exploring and doing puzzles and stuff. But like, you know, we talked about like, you know, this basically something's gone wrong in a raccoon forest and your your team's down there to investigate it. You get split up with half your team. And then along the some way, of them die. Yeah, some of them die. And then along the way, you learn that like there's a traitor amongst you. And shocker of all shockers, it's Albert, it's Albert Wesker doing his hair. I mean, who would have ever thought it would be Wesker? And then he sends a big beefy boy after you. <laughs> Not Chris. Not Chris. A different beefy boy. Yeah, the tyrant. Um, like in retrospect, watching this, the tyrant's not as scary as. It's kind he... of underwhelming because it's just like a naked dude with a heart exposed. And he's like, "Hey." <laughs> he just kind of like walks at you. Like the only time that he's ever intimidating is when he like charges at you on the roof. Yeah. Uh, but it is also fun because like the first time we were playing through, I had the one hit KO gun, and I was like, <laughs> "Why? Why? Let's try this and see if it works on the boss." Which we did, and and like, it, I it, I think it might have worked, 
It may have done damage. It did it damage, but didn't kill him. But then I just took out the revolver and shot him in the and it killed him. Mm -hmm. And it killed him. <laughs> it was so good. One shot to the I mean, it was straight in the Bow. junk, and he's like, all right, I'm done. Oh. I'm done. Which, like, also, I think if somebody took out a Magnum and shot me in the junk, I would also be like... Yeah! Oh, no. I'd be like, no, I'm done. No, I give up. I don't want to fight you anymore. <laughs> no. Hard pass. This is uncalled for. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> this is uncalled <laughs> Can you imagine Tyrant just with, this is uncalled for? Um, <laughs> uh, but also, like, Wesker gets punched or stabbed via Tyrant, depending on which route. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is really underwhelming, honestly. Um, both times you end up on the roof with our friend Brad, who's like, hey, here's like a rocket launcher. Take care of that thing so we can get out. And you blow it up. Like, um, It was funny with Jill, though, because <laughs> I was afraid that Barry was going to die because he was holding Barry by the throat. And then like, you just like rocket boom. launched him. Let <laughs> me shoot this rocket at him. <laughs> I was like, oh God, Barry, is he dead? You're like, no, he was a distraction. Yeah, he's a distraction. It's teamwork. Um, but... <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, and then you like get the less beefy Chris with Jill resting her head on him. In her different color outfit. I mean, it's blue. Not in the game. Ish. Not that blue. That yeah, I mean it, it, it. Oh my god, it's it's more blue in the original, right? And it's kind of like an aqua e, like with more green in it. But not the not the, the idol group. No, but they're great. You should listen to Aqua. Not spelled Aqua. That's that's Barbie girl. Um. In a Barbie world. But yeah. It, in the game, it's more of like a bluey green, but in the cutscenes, it's the blue that it was in the original. Which is weird, but also like most of the cutscenes are a blurry mess, so. So you, you really know, can't tell. Can, yeah, what can you do, man? <sighs> this game is crazy, though. Like, having the two routes was an interesting thing to do in, what, 1995? 96 when was it 96 yeah 96 like that's a wild thing to do to have like two completely separate routes mm -hmm. um and i mean we got we got introduced to rebecca so that's pretty cool i know a lot of people don't like rebecca but they're wrong rebecca's good if you don't like her you're rebecca wrong. is good if you don't like rebecca you are wrong rebecca is good um and, like, the Chris route is always considered the harder route, which I think you would probably agree just because of the inventory issues. Yeah, that automatically does that. Or yeah. makes it harder, I should say. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something now. I can't remember what I was going to say. Shrug shoulders. Shrug shoulders. Uh, but, yeah, that is a... I mean, it's basically a story, like... I guess technically there's no real like through line to a sequel because obviously they probably didn't know they were going to make a sequel at that point. Right. But then eventually, you know, RE2 comes out in 98, so a couple years after the fact. Um, and then the series just kind of kicks off from there. <laughs> Goes some Gets very more and more weird. strange routes. Um, let's talk about the other versions of this game 
like we were we okay. mentioned earlier. Uh, so there was the director's cut. Yes. Which uh, Wikipedia describes as an updated version. It was released on the PlayStation September 97, a year and a half after the original game. Uh, it was produced to compensate for the highly publicized delay of the sequel Resident Evil 2 and was originally bundled with the playable pre-release demo of that game, uh, which I guess we will talk about this when we talk about Resident Evil 2, but like that game did go through like an overhaul at one point because you know there was famously like a... I don't, I don't know if it's screens or a video of a like the, what they call Resident Evil 1.5... Mm-hmm. Featuring a completely different character, um, Pepsi I, uh, brand recognition <laughs> in there, but like it was a different game than what Resident Evil Two would originally come to be as. Yes. Um, so that's definitely, I guess, probably why they threw this out there. Uh, the Japanese version of the demo disc also included a pre-release demo of Rockman Neo, later retitled Rockman Dash or Mega Man Legends, and a trailer for the new release Breath of Fire Three. Uh, the main addition to the director's cut is an arranged version of the game that changes the locations of every nearly of nearly every item in the mansion, as well as the enemy placement. Which that's that's a smart thing to do if you're going to go yeah, this length. Uh, the main characters, as well as Rebecca, are given a new wardrobe, and the player's handgun is replaced by an improved model, where any shot fired has a random chance of decapitating a zombie, killing it instantly. Which is pretty much what happens now. Yeah. Uh, the original version of the game was included as well as along with a new beginner mode where the enemies are easy to kill and the amount of ammunition that can be found by the player is doubled. Additionally, the auto-aim function was restored in all mode modes, though it is not inc- noted in the in-game controls and, of course, the, the stuff with the FMV as we talked about. Then there was a third version <laughs> called the Director's Cut DualShock version because, of course, the PlayStation originally came with a controller that did not feature analog nor rumble. Uh... It would originally, or it first would come, would be like the analog controller, which I believe was a Japanese-only controller, which was just, it added the analog sticks and no rumble. And then eventually the DualShock would come out, which was obviously, you know, analog and rumble. So why not remake the game again with analog controls? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the things that's interesting, or there's multiple things that are interesting about this game, or this version. Uh, So this version was also co-produced by... Uh, Mega Man famous producer Keiji Inafune mm-hmm. and then was released in August 1998. It features support for the DualShock controllers, analog controls, and vibration functions as well as a new symphonic soundtrack. <laughs> so we learned some stuff about this. Yes, we did. Uh, the symphonic music was credited to composer Mamoru Samaraguchi, who were like, okay, if you've never heard the DualShock version director's cut soundtrack, it is something. Uh, mainly just look up the mansion basement theme from the director's cut, and like that's really all you need to know. It's probably the worst song I've ever heard. And, like, I joke often that sun is, like, what anxiety feels like. And, and like, but this might actually beat sun in terms of, like, feeling like a panic attack in motion. <laughs> because it's so terrible. <laughs> I don't know how anybody ever thought that it sounded good. Uh, so... So this guy does the soundtrack mm-hmm. and uh, also has some interesting things about his history. Some interesting things is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's go through this. Um, 
So he was born in in 63 in Hiroshima to parents who had both been had been like around when the Hiroshima bombs bombings had happened. So they were irradiated. Uh, apparently, he started started suffering migraines in high school and said that by the time he was 35, he'd gone deaf. And basically, he didn't like how schools taught composition, so he taught himself how to compose music. In 2013. Okay, hold on. I'm going to say right now that me saying that I don't know how anybody thought it sounded good is going to sound like a really jerk thing at the moment. We're going to clarify that. You just revealed that like he may potentially be deaf. But before you think I'm an (laughs) continue on. Uh, Also, foreign media had apparently dubbed him a digital age Beethoven. So keep that in mind. Keep all this in mind. In 2013, a reporter from the magazine Era interviewed Samaraguchi at his apartment in Yokohama, but noticed a number of inconsistencies in Samaraguchi's deafness statements, including his ability to respond to questions before the sign language interpreter had finished and standing up to answer a doorbell when it rang. The interview was ultimately (laughs) not published by the magazine due to doubts about Samaraguchi's statements. Uh, so So there's that. Yep. Uh, on uh, on February 5th, 2014, it was publicly revealed that music attributed to Samaraguchi since 1996 had actually been ghostwritten by Takashi Nigaki, a musician, composer, and part-time lecturer at Toho Gakuen School of Music in Tokyo. Nigaki also said that Samaraguchi was not deaf and states that Samaraguchi has normal hearing and was posing as a deaf man to generate a mystique around his image as a composer. Nigaki also said that Samaraguchi did not need to use his cane and that most of his biography printed in album liner notes was fiction. (laughs) So I wonder, like, were his parents actually there? Like, was that made up too? I that's that's a good question. Like, this is on Wikipedia. It's it's sourced, Mm -hmm. but like (laughs) at this point, anything's up the question. Yeah, I mean, like, what of this st- man's story is actually real and what's not real? But, like, also, that guy who ghost composed all this stuff, like, he still thought this sounded good. He went along with it for a good while until he was like, nah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he went back and listened to this and he's like, oh, God, people are going to, like. Yeah. Think so, about so, this. so, after all that, uh, Hiroshima's, like, revoking your citizens' award. Uh, he gave a press conference in Tokyo and was like, yeah, all that stuff was kind of, uh, that's kind of true. Uh, here's my disability certificate back as well, since I kind of don't need that. Uh, sorry. Yikes. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. But, like, what a revelation we had tonight. Like, I had no idea about any of this. And now my... entire world is just rocked because this man decided that he was gonna like fake being deaf and fake using a cane and like also had a ghost writer <laughs> like wow how do you how do you live that life <laughs> when you commit you got when you commit to that kind of life you commit to that kind of life yeah but he even failed because he answered the doorbell gah Uh, Got called out because of a doorbell. uh, Also, things that came with that DualShock version that aren't as nearly as controversial. Uh, (laughs) The Japanese DualShock version came packaged with a bonus disc that contained downloadable save data, footage of the unused Japanese dubbed versions of the live-action cutscenes. That's interesting. And then along with brief gameplay footage of the canceled original version of Resident Evil 2. 
one and a half. Yeah. I don't know why you would include that. I get maybe as like a make good of like, hey, this is why RE2 is taking so long. <laughs> because this is what we were going yeah. to release. Maybe. I don't know. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, then there was the Sega Saturn version, mm-hmm. which is also a different, has some new things as well. The Sega Saturn version added an unlockable battle mode in which the player must traverse through a series of rooms from the main room and eliminate all enemies within them with the weapon selected by the player. It features two exclusive enemies not in the main game, a zombie version of Wesker and a gold-colored tyrant. The player's performance in the battle mode is great at the end. The game's backgrounds were touched up to include more detail in this version. The Japanese version is the most gore-laden of the platforms. After after decapitating a crawling enemy, a crawling zombie with a kick, the head remains on the floor, and Plant 42 can cut the character before the game over screen. The Saturn version Ooh. also features exclusive enemy monsters such as a reskinned breed of hunters known as Ticks and a second tyrant prior to the game's final battle. Exclusive outfits for Jill and Chris were added as well. And this version was published in Europe by Sega instead of Capcom's usual European publisher version. The Windows version. Uh, This is the one that featured all the uncensored footage from the Japanese version. All that stuff. Um, Two new unlockable weapons were added. A Mac-10 for Jill and an FN Mini-Me for Chris. It's a light machine gun. New unlockable (laughs) outfits for Chris and Jill were added as well as skipping door animations. Oh, that would have been nice. Uh, there was also going to be a Game Boy Color version. Wow, that would have been wild. Which, uh, there is footage of this out there if you want to check it out. Because I think, like, there is, like, a... I do. A ROM out there of it. It's, it's an unfinished build, but, like, it is out there. Uh, a Game Boy Color version of the game developed by Software House Hotgen was supposed to be released in late 1999 or early 2000 until Capcom decided to cancel this project citing the power it was poor quality due to the Game Boy's limited hardware. This version contains every room, cutscene, and almost all the items that were present in the original PlayStation version. Wow. Also, apparently, in January 2012, an anonymous individual claimed to have an EEPROM cartridge of the GBC version and requested $2,000 before he was willing to leak the playable ROM. The goal was met in February, and the ROM files containing an unfinished build of the game were subsequently leaked. And then there was a DS port. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that. I don't either. Uh, the DS port Resident Evil Deadly Science, Silence or Biohazard Deadly Science was made to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the series. Deadly Science includes a classic mode, the original game with minimal enhancements and touchscreen support, and a rebirth mode containing a great number of enemies and a series of new puzzles that make use of the platform specifications. The game makes use of a dual-screen display with the top screen used to display the map, along with the player's remaining ammunition and health, while the bottom screen displays the main action and can be switched to show the player's inventory. The DS also includes updated play mechanics, the 180-degree turn introduced in Resident Evil 3, along with a knife button and tactical reload from Resident Evil 4. The updated controls are applicable to both classic and rebirth modes. Just like the PC version, the door animations can be skipped as well as the cutscenes. The live action footage is still censored, even if the game's Japanese even in the game's Japanese release. However, the scene showing Kenneth's severed head was kept. And then there was uh, new puzzles and rebirth, knife battle sequences viewed from a first person perspective. Uh, you could you could resuscitate an injured comrade by blowing into the built in microphone. <laughs> and then there's um... multiplayer. I just looked at the box art, and I do actually remember this. Um, so, what year did it come out? Uh, two thousand six, probably, because ten year anniversary. Yeah, oh six. Okay, um, so I probably saw it sometimes when it was used when I worked at the the game stop. The game stop. Because I I recognize the the box art. Uh, you know, probably the most famous other version of this game is the GameCube remake, which has since been shuntered off into every other console known to existence. Mm-hmm. 
this was part of a a strategy with between Capcom and Nintendo to bring forth like a bunch of Resident Evil games to Nintendo platforms, especially mm-hmm. specifically the GameCube, and you know uh, everything else kind of got poured. So like two, three, and Code Veronica did, but then uh, Shinji Mikami was like, "What if we just remade this because the graphics look bad?" <laughs> yeah. And also the the poor localization was another reason for the remake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, they obviously they they remade it. They added in a bunch of other stuff like difficulty modes, uh being able to do some new maneuverability options, the ability to candor to candor carry candor carry a specific item and then defensive items won't count towards your inventory and all that sort of stuff. Uh, zombies coming back as crimsons. All that sort of stuff. And then basically this is the game, this is the version of the game that you see nowadays, yeah. And also was this was re- released around the same time as uh, Resident Evil 0, the prequel that they made mm-hmm. kind of alongside this which has, you know, it was made in the same engine and all that sort of stuff and then all of this all of this would basically lead to 4 coming out and blowing everything away. Yep. Before it would like get ported to everything else as well but this this was the weird time when like resident evil was kind of like a nintendo exclusive franchise for a hot second mm-hmm. and then four got ported to ps2 and that kind of ended it mm-hmm. but there was yeah, but there was that time when four was a gamecube, a GameCube exclusive. exclusive yeah mm-hmm. which is weird yeah. to think now because you'd be like that, why would you limit yourself to one console that seems like a bad idea <laughs> But I mean, like that's how I played it. Yeah, totally. Was on GameCube. Yeah. Um, because my brother and I were like GameCube yes. <laughs> GameCube yes. God, we love the GameCube. We had the PS2, and we had the Xbox, but like the GameCube was our our jam. Never had a GameCube. That's tragic because it's a good system. Had a, had a handle. It had a handle so that you could take <laughs> it places. And bash someone in the head with it. Yes, it could also be a blunt weapon if you needed it to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all of the uh, weirdness of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, of Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 1. Which, just, God. <laughs> so, I'm genuinely curious now, though, like, what are your overall thoughts now that you've played Resident Evil 1? Um, It's not a game I would go back and play. Okay, like even I, though you played it twice? Well, I did that just so we'd have the comprehensive knowledge of both <laughs> routes. But and like, so we could be beefy? Yeah, we could be beefy. That was, that was mostly the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm glad I played it so I could actually experience it and see what it is and know, like, the strangeness of it. Yeah. But I don't think like even with the remake like that that style has aged particularly well and it makes a lot of sense why when they remade Resident Evil 2 they did it the way they did with like a lot of the mm-hmm. improvements and stuff like that. Um But yeah, it's it's a very interesting way to start this series and you look at how like this formula is and then like what happens with 4 onwards like makes a lot of sense why they changed up this formula for four onwards. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a, like an updated version of this style of game. 
but yeah, it's it's an interesting game, but yeah, I probably wouldn't I probably won't play it again. <laughs> but take care, Chris. Take care, Chris. Um Yeah, I mean, I I like it and it was entertaining watching you play through it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that I would have to agree with you though, like when I played it on the GameCube, it was fine. Um and when I played it, like, I don't know that I played the original original. I played GameCube, but I've seen the original yeah. played. Um, but even then, like, you would have played that GameCube version 17 years ago. That's what I'm saying, yeah. is that, like, I am a different person, and gaming is different from mm-hmm. when it came out. And, like, it's a fine game, I guess. Like, it, it there's nothing, like horrifically wrong with it but it <laughs> it's just not as fun as it could be yeah i think it, um, i think there's an the one interesting little thing you could look at from this game is that like you know a lot of people complain nowadays about how like games from the previous generation are getting re-released on the current generation mm-hmm. and Technically, Resident Evil 1 was one of those types of games. Yeah. Six years apart between the original and that remake version. One generation to the next. But you would ne- you never heard anyone say that when it came out back in 2002. No, everybody was so stoked about it. Yeah. Because, like, it was one of the most beautiful games that people had seen at that point. Like, it was gorgeous. Which, like, yeah, like, considering RE1 was a really early PS1 game... Like, yeah, that's a big jump in improvement and quality, but it's just, it's funny to see how things have changed as well. Yes. Another yes. another way of things have changed. Um, A lot has changed. Um, Jill is now blonde mm-hmm. because, okay. Um, Chris is now beefy. I mean, if anything, we know from our experiences with Resident Evil is that hair color is just like arbitrary yeah like they just it just depends on the way the wind blows that day yeah i mean there's a story reason why she's blonde but it doesn't make any sense dumb so um but yeah chris is beefy and that's the key here is that chris got beefy he got through this and he's just like nope i'm going to the gym immediately and also apparently to europe europe quotation marks europe. Uh, we decided that after the original Resident Evil, he is just in his apartment crying and eating ice cream. I mean, which yeah, like, same. I would do the same damn thing. Totally. Make sure that all the doors are locked, all the windows are boarded up, and just eat ice cream and cry and watch whatever like, hey, whatever like romantic comedy was popular at the time. When Harry met Sally. Oh my god! I don't know what what, what what was what romantic comedy was happening in 1998. You've 1998. got mail. Is, is that what it was? Let's I don't see. know. I'm just. I'm I feel like that's most... the kind of stuff that was there. I don't understand how this game got into the Guinness World Records Gamers Edition. Ugh. 2008 Ugh. for the worst game dialogue ever because like there's some weird awkward things in this game like from the translation yeah. and localization, but it's not the worst ever. Especially no. even during this time period, it's not the worst ever. No. Like, that's just like, come on. 
Wow, you nailed it. You Got Mail came out in 1998. Yeah, pop uh, culture. December 1998, though. Um, uh, you could fudge it. We have uh, The Wedding Singer, 1998. Oh, Maybe that would be something he could watch. Um, there's Something About Mary was 1998. One of these he's watching on, on, on home video VHS. Yeah. Ever After was 1998. Shakespeare in Love was 1998. God. Like, he had options. I want to... <laughs> I want to imagine Chris Redfield watching Shakespeare in Love and eating ice cream. <laughs> I all right, that's uh, it. That's what happened. That's what happened. He boarded up his windows. He locked all his doors. He got extra chains. He got a bunch of ice cream. And he watched Shakespeare in Love and cried a lot. God. Um, which like, yeah, I don't blame him. This is the true story of what happened. Post Resident Evil One. I'm in Europe, guys. Wink. I'm I'm in Europe. Yeah. <sighs> That's why he had to write like that ridiculously gross, like hypermasculine letters because he was just like, I I can't let people know. I love how when Claire reads that, she's like, No, 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 <laughs> no. Come on. This isn't Chris. Chris would watch Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's. I'm glad that you played it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really interesting for us to kind of like back and forth between this remake and Resident Evil 2 remake. Totally, yeah. Um, which we still haven't finished the Resident Evil 2 remake. So that will be uh, in the future mm -hmm. when you guys get that episode. But I am playing that one. You are. You are in the, the driver's seat for that one. Yeah. Uh, no sharks. None. Just no. uh, Mr. X is going to give it to you. Mr. X is going to give it to you. That's like the greatest Knock, knock thing open up the door. It's real. We we have to talk about that when we talk about Resident Evil 2. Because that's phenomenal. It's true. Um, but yeah. F spiders and F sharks. They should have just put more yawn in. I agree. Yeah. Yawn was great. Yawn. Star of Resident Evil and of... The tune in exams arc of Naruto. <laughs> and I, I mean, my life is just shattered now that I know about this like composer guy. What a story. Wow. Right? What a story. Um, I don't even know. Like, wow. How do you get away with that? I guess it was the 90s. He got away for it for almost like 20 years. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to wrap this episode up. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, new information we're learning today. Here to, we're here to educate you. We're here to educate the, it's, the people. It's true, um, and make them into jail sandwiches. Yes, yes, indeed. It's really the best thing that came out of this game is the memes. <laughs> but then they changed them all. So rude. Oh uh, well. If you'd like more from us, go to seasonalamycheckup.com or sac.cool, where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like the Seasonal Checkup and Seasonal Checkup OVA. Uh, you can also follow any columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Ann Ladium, go to annladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. That's where we do Twitter. And mm -hmm. you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sacova. If you are you'd be inclined to do so next week we will do something yeah it'll depend on how 
how quickly we can get through things. Yes. We'll see. It might be more Resident Evil or it might be something else. Shrug shoulders. Who knows? We actually have an idea, though, of what we're going to we do. We have so ideas. That's good. We just... Um, it just depends on time and which one gets done first. Yeah. Having a full-time job has a negative impact on my gaming. <laughs> Damn you, would work. I know. Like, getting paid is nice. But man, do I miss playing video games a lot. So yeah, that's uh, we'll do something cool next week. So uh, look forward to that. <laughs> I know I said it last week. But again, take care, Chris. Take care, Chris. Take care, Chris.